Hello, everybody, and just like the Masters and Warm Weather, the All Bases Covered podcast is back. How are we doing today, Sam? It snowed here in Michigan. Oh, well, we had sunny sunny weather and 60 yeah. degrees here today. So. We had snow, we had rain, we had sleet, and it's like 36. <laughs> Oh, sorry, man. So I guess I guess in other parts of the U.S., uh, warm weather and sunshine is not back. So just here in Ohio, clearly. Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was out the other day, and I was thinking, you know, some so, some shit happened. You ever like I get like there's got to be little things that annoy you, and and for me, you know what annoys me is when it's early in the morning, and you'll you'll go to like some retail shop, you know, maybe you're getting a coffee or maybe you're buying something and it's like eight thirty, eight o'clock in the morning, you yawn and someone's like, Mm-mm, it's too early for that. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you too early for that. You know what? You don't know. I, I, what if I was up all night? What, what if I had a shitty night of sleep and that's why I'm yawning? You know, how, who the fuck are you to tell me it's too early to be yawning? I, that shit annoys me. I don't know if you got any other little, like little, Oh yeah, no, dude. I got I got plenty of those. Like, there's there are people, like at some of these retail locations. Again, first thing in the morning, they don't want to be there. I'm pretty sure I really don't want to be there either. Yeah. But <clears throat> the morning attitude that you catch from some of these people that are working, it's like, you know, I have to ask the same question five times. You know, um, and it's like if you don't want to work, then don't take that job, right? You know, there's so many jobs out there. Don't You don't have to take that particular job. Go look for another one, right? Yeah. But, yeah, dude, I that's I could see how, like, especially if you had a, I mean, I know you, uh, your morning starts at 6 a.m., you know, or earlier. So, I mean, <clears throat> that's a different scenario. But, like, if you had a hellish morning and at 8.30, you're like, oh, yeah, no, no, you're too early to yawn, and I could see being pissed off, you know. <laughs> Get, I get annoyed about that shit, man. I, get, I just get annoyed. Well, you know what else happened? So, so we're on Saturday or no Sunday. Sunday we went to go visit my mom and daddy. We had to take two two cars because I had to leave to take my oldest son to baseball. So, uh, I I I stopped to to grab some stuff on on my way down there, and so uh, my wife and the kids were already at my mom's house and so i'm driving there and i'm at a red light and this and this black lady is going across the street and the car's coming toward me uh or turning right to go down the street that i need to turn left on all right and she like stops midway. first of all she's like dancing in the fucking crosswalk and then she stops midway and like waves the people on telling them to go then i get the green light okay i get the green light and I, I see that she's in the crosswalk, so I'm holding up on turning left for a minute, for like like a couple seconds, thinking like, you know, she'll take her ass across the street. No, she starts like juking and jiving and shit in the fucking middle of the crosswalk, dancing her ass. So I'm like, fuck this shit. So I, I start to turn a little, like slowly, thinking she'll hurry her ass up and get across the street. No, she like, she like holds out her whole arm and hand and, 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 like, motions me to stop. So I stop. And then I'm thinking, okay, well, she's just going to hurry up and go. Maybe she felt uncomfortable. Her ass isn't going any faster across the, across the, uh, across the sidewalk. Then I start to creep again, and she once again holds out her hand to tell me to stop. And I roll down my window, and I'm like, quit shucking and jiving across the fucking street and get your ass over. And then I just flipped it over because I was just frustrated at this point. So, What was the end result? Did she move? Yeah, eventually she took her ass across the street. So, I think. so you know what I would have done? I would have I creeped more, put it into neutral, and hit the gas pedal. 
that's really what I would have done. It would have gone, and she would have <laughs> have her life four eyes real quick, you know. <laughs> that's because I'm a dick like that, you know. Uh, uh, you know that, that that was a pretty pretty good move though. But I was, you know, that's probably uh, I'm taking things over. I think that's what I should have done. So. Uh, we we do got our buddy Josh on the line. Josh is uh, is joining us. For is it Josh show. or Hank? No, I don't know. Is Hank, is Hank with you there today, Josh? Yeah, Hank, Hank's right next to me. I uh, so well, is Hank drinking a Natty Ice by any chance? Probably. He's no. Nope. Budweiser, <laughs> or maybe a Steel Steel Reserve. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's keep it moving. All right, guys. Well, man, that's uh, awkwardly quiet over there, Josh. Maybe help Josh with his mic out over there, Hank. I hope uh, maybe uh, he's having a little difficulty there, uh, technical difficulties. But, hey, before we get into tonight's game. Are you there now? Game, yeah, we got you. We got you here. All right. Before we get into the National Power Game and kind of recap the games from the Final Four, uh, I want to talk about the uneven WrestleMania weekend, okay? I I, I call it uneven because there were some cool spots. There was there was some good matches and some decent moments, but a lot of it fell flat, in my opinion. And then the the much hyped main event really fucking fell flat. I mean, it was that main event. I, I honestly. If I'm grading it, I gave the main event almost a D, but I, I, I gave it a C minus. But it was very close to being a D, in my opinion. And I don't know if you watched it, Sam. Josh, I know I you did. But it was, honestly, it was, let's kick it off with the main event, because that's what, every, if everybody, if anybody was going to watch WrestleMania, really they were tuning in for Lesnar Reigns, title for title. The the match was straight garbage. Yeah, it's been the same song and dance we've seen seven different times. So it's just not a – it wasn't a match that I thought was WrestleMania main event caliber. They could have had different opponents in there for Roman Reigns that I thought it would have been a lot better. It's just the same song and dance with them too. I, I, I have to agree. You know, I think um, it, it's it's uh, one of those things where the 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 people kind of might be tired of seeing, right? Um, but I like I I mean I'm not gonna give it like a C minus or a D um, like like Mike did, but I'll give it a solid like a B minus C plus even, you know, because it had a couple of uh, moments that were cool, you know, uh, Lesnar eating the Superman punches and. Uh, with the whole thing with Heyman was kind of cool, it, a, a little bit of excitement, right? But um, it still lacked the star power or, ex, or like real excitement that WWE is known for bringing, right? I thought bringing Stone Cold out was was a good move by by the company. I think that kind of oh, yeah. brought back some viewers that had probably started looking at AEW, or other you know, um, other companies right that are that are promoting wrestling they've kind of shied away it brought that crowd back into watching what was what was going on uh, this is what i'll say about the main event and i'll tell you two problems that i had and how i would have done it differently and it, it let's say i'm not changing wrestlers how i would have done the brock lesnar roman reigns main event one Two problems i had is one roman reigns literally did two moves the entire match superman punch and spear he did nothing else. Every single move he did for the entire 20 minutes of the match was either him taking bumps from Lesnar or him doing a spear Superman punch. There was no clotheslines, suplexes, body slams, sidewalk slams, nothing. It was Superman punch <clears throat> and spear. So it's like playing Mortal Kombat against Liu Kang and the other person is nothing, doing nothing but leg sweeping. Yeah, pretty time. much. Yep, pretty much. Exactly. So, yeah, and, and I, I have to agree, too. Uh, if they would have just had it more of Roman Reigns taking taking control of the match and not have to use cheat tactics, that's what you do in that t- that typical type of match. You, want, you know you want Reigns as your main guy. Let him beat Lesnar clean, fair. Technical, and then right? it would have been a – Yeah, technical. Right. 
let it be. You didn't need the chair. You didn't need the, the groin shot. You didn't need the belt shot. Let them win clean. That's how you do it. And so I agree there, too. You had the belt shot and the groin shot and the referee getting knocked out. Kind of didn't need that. You're right. And the second biggest problem I had besides Roman Reigns' lack of any kind of offense <clears throat> other than two moves is that the show, the main event started at hour three. It was like three hours and 17 minutes the main event started. And, and basically – I don't think they gave the match enough time. They wanted it to be a powerhouse like over 20 minutes. And if I was writing the main event, this is how I would have done it. You've had for years, Brock Lesnar is the monkey on Roman Reigns' back. Roman Reigns can't defeat the Beast. I would have had it to be where Roman Reigns initially jumps out with spear, spear, fucking Superman punch, fine. And I would have had it had no effect on Lesnar. And then Roman Reigns thinking, how can I beat this guy? And then Lesnar gets in the offense, the suplexes, all that shit. Then because the power moves for Roman Reigns aren't working, he starts trying to get him with, like, a roll-up or a small package or, like, like some of these kind of, like, tricky pins to try to, like, sneak one in on Lesnar because the power moves aren't working. And when that doesn't work, then – Roman Reigns turns the tide on Lesnar and maybe starts focusing on one area of the body and beating it and working it. And then he gets Lesnar to either tap out or pass out from the pain, uh, like we've seen with Austin. And yep, that would, have been, that would have been a way cooler ending, I think. Yeah, and he gets Lesnar to tap or pass out from the pain, and bam. Reigns has now vanquished the beast. And it, it, so if Lesnar passes out from the pain and loses, right, you don't – Lesnar doesn't lose any street cred uh, from that. And in fact, might make him more popular, but Roman Reigns looks legitimately like a badass. And, Josh, in our conversation a couple of days ago, you pointed out Reigns running from Lesnar, uh, uh, you know, and hiding. And so like weeks in advance, now using these dirty tactics to win doesn't make him look strong. Now, if you're going to try to do it, you do what you did with Goldberg against Lesnar. You let you let him spear him, shock value, and he gets pinned within the first two minutes of the match. That would have been shock value. I would have been excited about that. I would have been, wow. Holy shit. They just did that. I want storytelling. I want storytelling, and, and, you know, when Reigns has tried so long to beat the Beast, his best moves aren't working, and now i got to find another way to beat the Beast. You know, again, not to interrupt, but I think that the WWE doesn't see Roman Reigns as, like, you know, the rock of now or the, you know, like one of the pinnacle, like the top of the pinnacle wrestlers because the storylines and – from the way that things are panning out, um, it, it shows Reigns is kind of soft. I'm sorry, you know. Yeah, they've they've been building him up and building him up so much over the last ten years. He's going to be a star, but he's not going to have the star power as the Stone Cold, the Rock, uh, John Cena. He just not going to be on that level. You don't think no, I don't see it. I, I don't see that either, Josh. I, I agree with you on that. I don't. I don't see him being a super, super, superstar the way that these other guys kind of tagged, you know, pulled the whole company along when there were headlining Brock, events, you know, weekly Brock events, Lesnar, all that. So, Brock Lesnar, The Undertaker, The Rock, Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels, I think those are the guys. And But you know what? And John Cena. I forgot John Cena. But you know what you guys all forgot about? And the, the thing is, other than Lesnar, everybody we just mentioned, Stone Cold, Cena, Shawn Michaels, The Rock, they all were excellent at one thing, and that was cutting promos, which is right. Promos. Their mic work was amazing. What's that? The mic Their work, mic yeah. work. Their mic work was amazing. Yeah. All those guys you named, outside of Lesnar, great on the mic. Heyman kind of, yeah, Lesnar is great on the mic, but I'm saying Heyman kind of also grew that when he was with, with, uh, with, with Brock. Uh, unfortunately, I don't see that with Reigns. I don't see the mic work with Reigns. Well, no, uh, I'll, I'll disagree with you on on Lesnar. I don't think Lesnar's good on promos either. That's why they always had Paul I, Heyman I as his mic. I, 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 
Um, I said, I said other Lesnar, other than Lesnar, the the guys I mentioned are all great on the mic. Lesnar is not yeah. great, but Lesnar, he could get away with it. The Undertaker wasn't great on the mic either, but Lesnar and Undertaker have the same thing. They have a presence about them. Yeah, like Roman a polarizing Reigns, figure. Yeah, Roman Reigns doesn't have the mic work, but he also doesn't have the presence. I don't feel like Roman Reigns. Now, this this stint that he's had as champion has been the best he's ever been, but it's still absolutely not. It's still not good to me. It's not. It's not like what we saw with Stone Cold or The Rock or even Triple H. Man, like when they were running the company uh-huh. from like yep. nineteen ninety seven to two thousand and five. Like they, it's what Reigns is doing feels more like, okay, Kurt Angle-ish. When Kurt Angle was, like, the top guy, and he was really good, Kurt Angle, and he had some entertaining moments. But I never looked at Kurt Angle as the guy that that carries the, the face that runs the place, right? There was always somebody else or another star or two that were bigger than Kurt Angle, but Kurt Angle was always there in the main event, and he was a really good wrestler. But to me, uh, he never had that kind of cachet that some of the other guys had to carry the company. No, you're you're right. But, I mean, Kurt Angle, I think he came in at the wrong time because that's that's exactly when The Rock blew up, Stone Cold blew up, Triple H was on his way up. Um, but even, and then you had the younger you talent. You yeah. He got passed by Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton and John Cena. If you think about it, I think Kurt Angle made his debut in like 2000 or so, like 99 or 2000, sometime around there. He made his debut. And, yeah, The Rock and Stone Cold at that point and Triple H were like the guys. But then Kurt Angle even got passed up by the next generation, which was which was like – Cena and Randy Orton and Edge. Yep. Yeah. If you remember when Angle came out, I think I mean I remember it. Like a lot of people made fun of him because of of his entrance theme and you know you um, suck. The pedigree that he was bringing with him, right? Olympic pedigree, right? Um, and and people hated him initially, and then he was able again, very technical wrestler. I would say still very good on the mic. I don't. I know some people might disagree. But I thought Angle did his thing on the mic as well. No, I agree with that. He did a great job on the mic. What was your favorite? Because uh, I have two, my two favorite <clears throat> matches of of all of WrestleMania weekend is I would say with Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes and Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. So I thought those. I'm I'm gonna go. Match. I'm gonna go completely, and you won't even believe what I'm gonna say. The most entertaining matches that I thought was the Pat McAfee-Austin Theory match. Uh, Who knew Pat McAfee had that in him? Just the athletic ability that he had during that match was phenomenal. The crowd was so far behind him, it wasn't even funny. The other one was the Sami Zayn-Johnny Knoxville match. Yes. I don't think I'd ever laughed that much during a match in a very long time. I was very entertained during that match. I had low expectations on it. It it shocked me. I guess for me, man, I'm not like all about these like celebrity battles. I was I was surprised about how good Logan Paul looked against the Mysterios. I thought Logan Paul looked pretty good. Uh, I'm not about these like you know yeah I guess. From an entertainment standpoint, Sami Zayn and Jack Mitchell are was a funny match, and, and they did good things. But for me, I'd rather see, like, five-star matches in the ring. I'd see, like, big-time matches for titles, for, like, like shit that keeps me on the seat of my pants. And I honestly, there was a lot of matches this WrestleMania weekend. I didn't really feel like I was on the seat or anything. Like, I, yeah, just, the, the, I never really felt even the Lesnar-Reigns fight, I, I was just kind of – now, my kids were into it, but uh, I, I never really felt like that, oh, my God, this is this is awesome. Edge of my seat. I don't know who's going to win. I don't know what's going to happen because I knew what was going to happen. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the Becky-Belair uh, match. I thought it was great. I think it was sl- a very sloppy match, though. A lot of the technical stuff was 
pretty sloppy. Um, yeah. But I still think that was right up there with probably one of the best matches on the cards. Um, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, that was a phenomenal match. That was yeah. phenomenal. Um, the uh, edge and, um, and what did they do with all the, the women? Like, what was all the what? face mascara with all the women? They all had, like, that what? cover on their eyes, all dark. I'm like, geez, oh, this looks horrible on these women. Yeah. I, you know, it was cool to see Sasha Banks and Naomi win the women's tag titles, too. That was, that was uh, I mean, the, the match itself wasn't anything to write home about, but I did like seeing Sasha Banks and Naomi take on the titles. So, um, I, I don't know, man. I, it's, it's WrestleMania. It's supposed to be your best card of the year, and to me, there was a lot of matches on the card that that could have been on a on any SmackDown or Raw, like Ridge Holland and Sheamus against the New Day, and uh, you the know, Bobby Lashley matchup was terrible. The Bobby Lashley almost almost matchup, the you know RK Bro versus Street Profits was you know it was a pretty good matchup, but that could have been on any Raw like. Man, like, give me, like, a tag team turmoil match where you have, like, three or four tag teams in there fighting it out for the gold. Or, like, give me a table ladders and stairs tag team match like we used to see with, like, Edge and Christian Hardys and the Dudleys. Like, I, I just, I don't know. There was a lot of matches. Then the, the Shinsuke Nakamura and, and Rick Boogs uh, versus the Usas. Like, none of that was that. It was, it was just a very blocked heart. I, I feel like WrestleMania 28. Well, you- it won't go down as the worst WrestleMania of all time, which belongs, I think, to WrestleMania 11. But uh, it, it's definitely it's WrestleMania 9 or 11. That absolutely hold the hold the uh, card for worst WrestleMania of all time. But this this one's got to be up there for me personally. You, you know, uh, the Shinsuke Rick Boobs match that was changed last minute. I think Nakamura and Boobs are supposed to win that match. But during the match, Boogs okay. got injured, so they well, couldn't yeah, do the planned finish. So, but uh, apparently he he did tear something during the match, so that's why. Okay. Was, even he was trying. I think what they were trying to do was that that uh, RRH pay per view that they had. Uh, Bandito yeah. held two guys up for like a minute, so I think that's what they were trying to do with Rick Boogs. And it unfortunately he got hurt, so gotcha. they were stealing something off of uh, another wrestling company. Surprise, surprise! All right, so uh, we had the final four last weekend, um, uh, or on Saturday. Sorry, uh, we had one really great game, uh, all time classic, and then we had a very not great game, uh, Kansas uh, versus Villanova. That game. Honestly, wasn't that close. Um, I think Kansas pretty much dominated that one nearly from start to finish. They uh, they beat Villanova eighty-one to sixty-five, and I'm not. I don't think Villanova ever got more, like within more than seven points of Kansas. Uh, I mean, if you look at the second half, I think there was at one point in time. It was a 64 to 58 game, so six points. And then Kansas went on a run and and made that, uh, you know, a a 71 to 58 game. Um, So Villanova, it wasn't that close of a game. I know Villanova had some injuries, uh, but we got, then we had North Carolina and Duke, which was a fantastic game back and forth the entire game. Uh, I don't, I wasn't sure who was going to win until the final, until damn near the the final whistle. Uh, that was a fantastic game. And then now we get the bluest of blue bloods national title game between Kansas and North Carolina tonight, and that kicks off at nine or tips off at nine twenty. I mean, fucking late, man. Dude, what a terrible time to pick. They, they're doing oh, yeah, it should be eight o'clock. But no, I'm like fuck California, dude. Fuck California. Let them let them watch the game at four o'clock. Uh, you know. Yeah. Hey, let them that. have their seven dollar gas prices too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Keep that there. Definitely. Keep that shit out there. <laughs> uh, but what do you? Yeah, what do you guys isn't it fitting on? that? Uh, isn't it fitting that UNC gave Shashevsky his first loss and his last and home loss and, and his final game? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's crazy. I mean, it's like it's coming full circle. It is. It did. So, Mike, you and I spoke about how, you know, they were ranked in eight seed, which was really low for the yeah. type of talent that they that they have on, you know, on board, right? And they got hot at the right time. They did. But, you know, this is the thing, guys. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. When has, an, when has ever a North Carolina team that goes 15-5 and five in the ACC, 15-5, and five, and wins 24 – or, sorry, yeah, 24 regular season and conference tournament games and gets heated eighth. I mean, yeah, that normally doesn't happen based on the strength of their schedule, right? So if they have that record and they're playing in the ACC, which they are, um, they should be ranked higher, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. If you look at this, they, they, took, they, took, the, they took three losses early. Now, granted, new coach, new system, they had to get things worked out. They lost to Purdue and Tennessee early. Those very good teams. They beat Michigan Both early, and then and, and then they lost to Kentucky. And, and you know that's that's you know fine. You you can lose to these teams, but they played a difficult schedule. They turned it on, uh, as you said, Sam, uh, near the end. And a lot of that is you have a first year head coach taking over, guys, and Roy Williams. His team didn't shoot a lot of threes. Roy Williams' team's really reliant on guard play and then and rebounding. And this North Carolina team has is lighting it up from beyond the arc, bro. They're yeah, lighting it up. Exactly. Exactly. And so it took some time to get these guys used to the new system, and now they're they're flourishing. I mean, it's not like they beat nobody's on the way there. They beat Baylor and UCLA. And Duke, and now if they win the national title, they're going to go through Kansas. Now, I will say this. Sorry, Josh, man. I got you by one point in our winner-take-all March Madness tournament. <laughs> but but Kansas, Kansas uh, getting to the national title game uh, was huge for both of us. But you, you're going to lose by one point, like by the slimmest <laughs> of margins. <laughs> I think and, there was some cheating going on. I'm sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, Actually, no. that was my stepdad's bracket. Nice, anyway. was that wasn't nice, even mine. I was in ninth place. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Josh. I think there was definitely some cheating going on. Wow, you guys are dicks, man. Hey, it's not the first time he's, he's cheated me. Won't be the last, probably, wow. either. <laughs> Listen, man, I see some of the trade offers that he that he sends to, like, you know, uh, <laughs> other players in, in his fantasy leagues, bro. It's like slapping them in the face. Yeah, but oh, they yeah. accept, okay? That's they the problem. Accept. The problem is they accept it. It's like robbing a bank and waving at the CCTV while you're walking out. That's exactly what you do with every trade. Yeah, that's what I do. Dick. So. Well, it's, you know it's because right. it's the second team. Wow. All right. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> See, he never denied it. Up again? <laughs> uh, so, all right. Who, who, who's everybody picking? Who, who's your guys' pick for tonight? I got uh, UNC. I mean, I've been rooting for UNC from from the start, right? I told you, Mike, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. I must. I want to. I want to root for the underdog. I want to get UNC. Now, what's crazy is when I heard that they was a shot they weren't going to make the tournament. They were talking about firing this guy after one season. Now Which he's in the nuts, finals, right? National championship game. Crazy. Talk about leverage. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I need a new contract, guys. I think Hubert Davis is a good coach. I, I think sometimes, you know, it just takes a minute for guys to start playing good. You know, sometimes uh, it, shit doesn't click right away, especially when you got a, a, a when you're trying to install a new system. But I would love – I wouldn't be mad if North Carolina wins, but I'm picking Kansas. I've been high on Kansas since the beginning of the tournament. To me, they're the most complete team in the tournament. Uh, they they had a legit national player of the year candidate. Um, you know they they they've gone through a decently tough road, uh, not as tough as North Carolina, but they knocked off Creighton and Providence and Villanova. Uh, they had wins in the regular season over Michigan State. Uh, you know they they had a couple wins. They had some really they obviously did very well in conference, uh, going fourteen and four. 
Um, but man, yeah, I uh, I'm picking Kansas to uh, to take home the national title this year. Uh, Bill Self gets his second national title in his career, so I'm I'm taking Kansas. All right, so we got to update the WAG bracket now. So uh, Sam, we got the results in from the first round on our Twitter. Uh, Josh, you, you weren't here when we unveiled the WAG bracket, but this is who we got now for the Elite Eight. Okay. <laughs> So we we will finish this off. Uh, um, probably we're gonna we're gonna do the elite eight on uh, up until Friday. Friday we'll unveil the final four and we'll finish this off. Okay. So one part of the bracket: Paulina Gretzky takes care of Shakira with eighty five percent of the vote. She's going up against Kerry Washington. Kerry Washington patching of Lauren Cosgrove with seven, was taking 72% of the votes. Next, we had the upset, Alicia, Alicia Cuthbert upsetting number one seed Brooklyn Decker with uh, 60% of the votes. So Alicia Cuthbert moving on. And Adriana Lima taking out Camille Kostek with 55% of the votes. So very close matchups there. Jesse James Decker takes out Rachel Bush uh, with 78% of the vote. Kendall Jenner taking out Giselle with 55% of the vote. Uh, Kate Upton moving past Victoria Beckham with 82% of the vote. And Carrie Underwood beating Elaine Alden with 95% of the vote. 95% of the vote. Carrie Underwood, Underwood, the runaway. So now our matchups are Paulina Gretzky and Carrie Washington, Alicia Cuthbert and Adriana Lima, Jesse James Decker, Kendall Jenner, Kate Upton, and Carrie Underwood. Yeah, I mean, I told you I had a feeling about uh, Kerry, right? So I know. Is Kerry Washington <laughs> pulling the upset over Paulina Gretzky? I don't know. That's a tough yeah, one. I wouldn't have seen that one coming. Well, so it's not it's not happened yet. So this is the matchup now. Oh, okay. Kerry Washington took out Oscar. So Kerry Washington is matched up with Paulina Gretzky, Alicia Cuthbert and Adriana Lima, Jesse James Decker and Kendall Jenner, Kate Upton and Kerry Underwood. Kate Upton and Kerry Underwood is a powerhouse matchup right now. I think, I think if, if I'm going to guess how the voting is going to go, I think Kerry Underwood is going to take out Kate Upton. And I have a feeling Kendall Jenner is going to take out Jesse James Decker, man. I, don't, I, think, so, I, I, I think it's going to be rough for our number one. I think number one they're uh, going down in flames. I, although I do think Paulina Gretzky will move on. I think she'll ultimately beat Kerry Washington, but I'm, I'm not even sure about that. So it'll, it's going to be interesting to see how things go vote on this. Okay, let's see what the polls come up with, man. Yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens. All right, so let's move on to. Uh, wow, wow! I did not realize that. We only have 25 minutes left on the show. That is crazy. Uh, the first thing that flew by. Um, so I'm going to get into some fantasy football talk, uh, some dynasty takes. Uh, Josh, you still good to hang out, or you you got to you got to drop here? No, I'm good for now. Okay. So fantasy football dynasty takes. Um, I want to look at what rookies to draft what rookies to kind of stay away from. Um, and, and you guys can kind of throw out your opinion on this one. But I've seen in the in the Dynasty community, especially on Twitter, a lot of people very high on some of the guys on the draft. And I've told you, Sam, I don't know if I've covered this with you, Josh, but I think this is one of the weakest drafts that we've seen in almost a, a decade. I really do. From a fantasy perspective, that uh, honestly, I think it's there's not a lot of guys that are going to be gold in this draft. I um, to be honest with you, this draft reminds me of the 2013 NFL draft. That's the draft where Eric Fisher went number one overall. Now yeah, I agree. This draft, yeah, 2013 was a pretty weak draft. If you look at they. Honestly, the best play, the two the two best players to get drafted in the first round came at the uh, uh, came at the end of the first round, and that's probably DeAndre Hopkins, who went 27th overall, and Travis Frederick, the center that went to the Cowboys 31st overall. But this this draft, the first three picks were Eric Fisher, Luke Jockel, 
Jockel and Dion Jordan. Jockel and Dion Jordan aren't even in the fucking league anymore. Okay? Then you had Lane Johnson at number four, Ezekiel Ansah at five, Barkevius Mingo at six, Jonathan Cooper at seven, Tavon Austin at eight, B. Milner at nine, Chance Warmack at ten, DJ Fluker at eleven, and DJ Hayden at twelve. That is sounds awesome. like there's only like one person left in the in the league, and that's only Lane Johnson. one person. DJ Hayden is the only person I think I, I can think of that is still around. Lane, jo- Lane Johnson's still with the Eagles. Well, Lane Johnson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Even though it was such a bust for the Jets. He, he was. And then the, 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 the 13th pick was uh, Sheldon Richardson, who, who, who was solid. He was good for a couple of years, yeah. He was. Yeah. Then you have Star Latouille, Kenny Vaccaro. E.J. Manuel was the first quarterback taken, and he was taken with the 16th pick. Okay. This was a weak draft for quarterback. Yeah. The Bills took him, right? Yeah, and that sounds like it's this year too. Weak quarterback draft. A lot of the better players were either taken late in the first round or in or in the second round. Zach Ertz went in the second round. Le'Veon Bell went in the second round. Travis Kelsey was a third round pick. Tyron Matthew was a third round pick. Teron Armstead was a third round pick. Keenan Allen was a third round pick. See, all those guys are top tier players in their positions. Right. They are, and they all went in the third round. They all went yeah. in the third round. And that, so, so you and could that find was the year the Bengals needed in the third or fourth too. round, right, this year. I do. And, but, and see, a lot of people are telling me they're so high on Malik Willis. They're, they, you know, and he shot up draft boards. I'm not high on him. I'm not, I'm not high on oh, him. Oh, neither am I. Neither at am I. all. At, at, at all. I don't, some people see fantasy gold. They think he's going to be like Lamar Jackson. He's not. I, I think I, I think the trend of, of, of drafting quarterbacks from smaller schools and smaller programs, you're going to see a fade-out of that happening because there's been a lot of busts from, te- for, from players that have gone in the first round that come from smaller schools, Division Two, Division One A, whatever it is, right? But, no, you, not, recently, not recently, though. Josh Allen, Wyoming, Carson Wentz. North Dakota State, who was who he was good before he tore his ACL and completely got mentally lost. Uh, you know, you got some you got some other guys. You know, Chad Pennington went to Marshall. Uh, you know, I don't think Paxton you know, Lynch was a first round pick or second round pick, rather. You know, he was played for Memphis. Think, yeah, but you know, there's there's been other guys that have gone to. Dan Jones played for Duke, right? Yeah, but that's a powerful. Yeah, Daniel player. Jones. I know, but they, they, he he plays in such a it's weak a small school football. Yeah, you're not expecting the so, quarterback to come out of Duke. No, not usually. So no, I I would say I would so say if ahead, you start looking ahead. at what NFL teams are doing, they they want that mobile quarterback now. The well, way that the NFL that's is trending. Ritter. Yeah, but see, I'm not I, high on Malik Ritter. Willis. I'm higher on Ritter than I am Malik Willis, but I. I Really quick, I want to I want to point out a couple of stats. Now, you talked about Sam Malik Willis played at a small school, right? And he didn't have elite competition. So you would think that his numbers would be would, like Madden esque, or I don't know if he's really a first round talent. If he's if he's if some team is looking at him in the first round, there I would expect his stats to jump off the charts. Yes. Yeah, so let me tell you what. What do you think his total QBR under pressure was? 72%. I have no clue, dude. Okay. His total QBR under pressure was 2.5. Which is no. Right. Which of the six quarterbacks, six, seven quarterbacks that are projected to go in the first two rounds, it was absolutely dead last. It was dead last. Okay. His total QBR would blitz was 82.2, which was second to last of that group of guys. Only Matt Coral had a lower QBR when blitz, but he was dead last. But Matt Coral played in a it played tougher competition, too. He did, yes. He played at Ole Miss in the SEC West. Malik Willis was dead last in total QBR pressure. Now, they've done this exercise for the past four years, okay, and included 34 quarterbacks. And in that time – the quarterbacks drafted that had 
as low of a QBR as Malik Willis or lower were Clayton Thorson, Daniel Jones, Jared Stidham, and Nate Stanley. One's a backup. The other one's about to become a backup. All of them are backups except for Daniel Jones. And you're right. Yeah, Daniel Jones is about to become a backup. So, to me, that's not elite company. It's not elite company for Malik Willis to be in. Now, let me flip it on you guys. There's a quarterback that in the rookie drafts for fantasy football, I would be eyeballing because I think if he goes to the right situation, he could be very good. And I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. Bailey Zapp. Played at Western Kentucky, okay? I know another smaller school played in the Conference USA, I believe, is the conference they're in. Bailey Zapp, though, guys, he threw 62 touchdown passes and threw for nearly 6,000 yards. See, yeah. that's, that's, what, that's what you look for when you, when you have a quarterback coming out of a smaller school. Yeah, monster numbers, right? Now, he attempted nearly 700 passes. He only threw 11 interceptions this year. So, the guy's slinging the ball all day. He throws 11 interceptions. He's now, pretty damn accurate for that matter. What was his accuracy percentage? Uh, his accuracy percentage was 68%. That's not bad. He had the number one completion percentage of all these quarterbacks on 20-plus yard throws downfield. He had a completion percentage of 54% when throwing the ball all 20-plus yards downfield. And he had the, the, the low, he had the lowest percentage for off-target, meaning his throws were off-target. He was at 20.7% for off-target percentage for throws 20-plus downfield. Sam Howell, meanwhile, was at 38%. Malik Willis was at 34% for off-target percentage. The two highest graded were Bailey Zapp and Desmond Ritter in this. Uh, so let me ask you, what team do you see him going to that he would be a good fit for? I, I think if the winning team grabs Bailey Zapp and they take him in, in the early second round and he gets to sit for a year or uh, the, if he gets to sit for a year or so, let, let's say he goes to a team like uh, Minnesota. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe Minnesota or or maybe even if, he, if Detroit decides they're going to take Chicago, him right? And, and Jared Goff you know, is the start of there for another year or so. And, and Detroit drafts them to take over for Derek Golf possibly. Um, or maybe it falls to um, a team like the Colts in the second round, who who Matt Ryan's not going to play for another more than two years, right? You can take – Bailey Zapp's not going in the first round. He'll probably be there in the second or third round. But if he goes to the Colts, I think a lot of teams are sleeping on him because he plays in the, in the air raid system. He comes from a smaller school. But the film shows here that, that he has uh, – that he can throw the deep ball very good. And there's guys that are getting talked about ahead of him, like Sam Howell, who if you look at Sam Howell's numbers in the deep ball, here are the quarterbacks in the previous three years that – uh, has the worst deep pass uh, miss rate uh, that compared to Sam Howell. Tyreek Jackson, Jared Stidham again, Daniel Jones again, Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm, Shane Boosley, Kellen Mond, Trey Lance, and Sam Ehlinger. All of them are backups. All of them are backups. Uh, and then, what if he ends up like? Uh, what if he ends up in, in Seattle and and he ends up beating out Drew Locke for the for the job? You know, I can I can see it. I can see it there. Here, th- here's one last thing I'm going to say about Bailey Zapp, uh, guys. Uh, and if you want to ch- go ahead and chime in, but one last stat I'm going to tell you about Bailey Zapp. A little thing about inside the numbers here. If you look at Zapp's company for his numbers, okay, in the past four drafts, Tyler Murray, Joe Burrow. Matt Jones and Zach Wilson and Bailey Zapp are the only players to complete at least half and miss on less than a quarter of their deep throws. Tyler Murray and Joe Burrow, we know, are already mega stars in the league. Matt Jones and Zach Wilson still need some more seasoning. We'll see more about Zach Wilson this year. But if you say that 
some of these other quarterbacks company are Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm, Shane Bushley, Kellen Mond, and Trey Lance. And Bailey Zapp's fucking company is Joe Burrow and Tyler Murray and Mac Jones. I think I would rather take Zach Burrow. Or, I'm oh, sorry, uh, uh, fucking Zach Burrow, Jesus Christ. Uh, Bailey Zapp there. No, I agree. I agree with you. Like, one of the, it is, one of the like you said, it, that, it all depends on where he goes. Right. Yeah. But, uh, again, speaking from, from a Jets fan position, you know, one of the reasons why we bit on Wilson was that, you know, we saw the intangibles, the things that you see, you know, accurate deep ball, accuracy overall, low interceptions, you know, protecting the football, all those things, you know, on throwing on the run, things the Jets scouted Wilson for. So I'm hoping that Wilson does pan out, you know, with with upgrade on an O-line, you know, maybe some more talent. But, um, yeah, I, I could see that similar scenario happening with him. But, see, Zach Wilson came into a starting position. So it's a little different. Right. He was drafted second overall, right? So Bailey Zapp's not getting talked about taking in the first round at all. And so you're right. Bailey, he, he like, you know, Zach Wilson and Mac Jones came in the starting situation. But so did Joe Burrow and so did Kyler Murray. Correct. Correct. But they're all first-round quarterbacks. Bailey Zapp talked about going in, like, the third and fourth round by some people. Some people see him as a second-round pick. And I think he's – So is he another Russell Wilson? Yeah, that's what I'm – yeah, Seattle would be great for him, though. Yeah. I mean, Russell Wilson came in as a third-round pick and took the job. I mean, yeah – I think Seattle's a good fit. I, I think, yeah, he could be another Russell Wilson. Maybe he's another Tom Brady if he falls that far. You know, someone that's taken in the fourth or fifth round that outperforms expectations. But the Saints could use him. The Saints could use him because, you know, they, they have, uh, you know, crab legs coming off an ACL and they have Taysom Hill, really. You know? Yeah. And yeah. No, no, no. They got Andy Dalton. They got the Saints. Oh, yeah. God, I forgot Andy about Dalton, Andy Dalton, baby. God, even worse. Just as bad. <laughs> And he yeah, had a few good years. He did. It, even some of the sure things that we seemed excited for, I'm looking at the numbers, Sam, and even like Chris Olave, reading his numbers, it makes me nervous. I, I'm, I'm going to point out uh, this one stat they had. Don't you talk about, about my Buckeyes, bro. I'm yeah, not- I love Olave, man. This guy keeps talking, trying to t- talk shit about Olave. And he- Every single time I say Olave, this, he's just like, oh, well, you know, there's better receivers out there. And, you know, know. you know I what about you, this? I told you I was high on Olave. Uh, on Olave. So don't don't give me that bullshit, okay? Don't give me that You've bullshit. been coming down off that high, so just stay up there. I've been I've been. Well, high I think Olave, Olave but here's screwed the, himself. Olave I think is if a he comes out last year. What's that? Go ahead. Go ahead, Louie. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. I'm trying to find – I'm uh, like, if he – if Olave comes out last year and not this year, yeah. I think he's a top ten wide receiver with Justin Fields throwing the ball. Absolutely. Um, this okay. year, he he was the third best receiver on that team. He had Jackson yeah. Smith and Jigba pass him and Garrett Wilson. But it also – I think C.J. Stroud has that better connection with Jackson Smith and Jigba. That's why you didn't see a lot of Olave. And there, people are yeah. still high on Olave because he's a great route runner, and you have to be a great route runner in the NFL. And he's twitchy, man. He, he reminds me a little bit of like, uh, um, like uh, Golden Tate. You know, missed tackles, getting guys to miss. So here's the red flag I wanted to point out about Chris Olave. And I do like Olave. I like his speed. I have always thought he was a great route runner too, Josh. And I, I think he's got good hands. But this is what concerns me. Because he also has talented teammates around him. We had Garrett Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigba also around him, which takes some pressure off him. But bring the draft as a senior wide receiver – here are the other examples of senior wide rec- seniors that dra- declare for the draft at wide receiver. This is his company. Roddy White, Kevin White, Peter Warwick, Rashawn uh, Woods. Three of those guys were giant busts. Roddy White was the only one that had a great career. 
out of all of them. And he played at a smaller school, whereas Kevin White, Peter Warwick, and Rashawn Woods all played at big schools. Woods was at Oklahoma State. Peter Warwick was at Florida State. Kevin White was at West Virginia. Um, all of yeah, but you gotta you got to put it in the, who their quarterback was in the NFL, too. I mean, Peter Warwick had, what, Achilles Smith? Really? Roddy White had Matt Ryan. True. Well, but, but we don't know where Olave is going to go. What if Olave ends up in Pittsburgh and he has Mitchell Trubisky throwing him the football? That's like, very you know, true. I, you can't I, come, I you honestly can't, think he goes to the Eagles. Maybe he goes to the Eagles. And even that is not a surefire situation because Jalen Hurts, they, were, they, they rely on him to use his legs, you know, as well. Well, you've seen the trade that happened today, right? They gave yep. up. The Saints got some picks and – I mean, so yeah, I, I, mean, I think a, this is a, his his year to prove it. If not, they have a number one pick for a better quarterback next year. And then uh, here's the last thing as far as dynasty and rookies that people have been talking about that they've been high on uh, before. We're, we are, man, we are running out of time. We have less than 10 minutes left. But um, Drake London, all of the fantasy gurus have been out there st- hyping Drake London, one because of his size, because of all these – different things, his speed, his size, his catch radius. That's all well and good, okay? But Drake London's receiving rate stats are not good compared to other first-round wide receivers that have come before him, okay? He – his catch radius – or, sorry, he only – London averaged 2.2 yards per team attempt and um, he had a big twenty. He had a low twenty twenty one season uh, compared to other uh, compared to twenty twenty. Okay, but a lot of his catches and a lot of his stats or his projections are way behind the other top prospects like Traylon Burks and Olave and Garrett Wilson and and some of these other guys. And I feel like Drake London. Do you know who he reminds me of? Do you remember the the Mike Williams that came out of USC. Yep. Remember him? He had some big catches in the Rose Bowl, I think. He was – and he was a colossal bust. Did he go to the Cowboys or the or the, or the Lions? Lions. Lions. Lions, Lions. yeah. I, that's who Drake London reminds me of. I don't think he's going to be – I think there's a lot of guys that I've talked to, especially in our league, that are targeting Drake London in the first round of the rookie draft. And I'm just laughing here because I'm honestly saying we're holding on to four first round picks. And if it wasn't for yep. those two if it wasn't for those two orphan teams with all their rosters available, meaning we get to pick like Justin Herbert and some of these other guys because they're all back in the pool, I would be trading at least three yeah, of the first round. I agree. Because there's not enough talent available in the first round. What's the point of holding on to four? Exactly. And you're going to end up reaching for somebody that's going to be, end up being a bust. Exactly. So, if, you know, I would, I probably would have traded out of the first round and, and, and hoarded picks for next year because next year projects to be a much, much stronger draft. So, um, all right. But, oh, so once again, you know, I get fooled by the Internet a lot. Uh, I don't know if you guys do or not, but I, I'm constantly getting fooled by the Internet. Like I'm on Facebook or I'm on Twitter and I see a picture posted, and it has quotation marks, and it looks fucking real, but it's not real. Like, so, Josh, you probably saw me post in our uh, fantasy football chat where Tyreek Hill is quoted as saying, going from Mahomes to Tua is like going from a Lambo to a used 2001 Honda Civic. And that was supposedly said after his first practice with Tua. This was completely false and completely fabricated, and I feel like a fucking dumbass for getting fooled by the internet again. Bamboozled. Again, you stay getting bamboozled, my friend. <laughs> Dude, I do. I get well, I, I did well, a couple I'm weeks ago, too. What's that? I said, you seen the, my post, too, in the in the same chat, where I got fooled, too. Which one was that, Josh? I, I'm trying to remember. Uh, hold on, I'll take a look. See, Mike, I don't have those issues because I'm not on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or anything. Really. Oh, was it, was it Josh the Jalen Waddle one? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was he said he thought it was from Adam Schefter, but if you look underneath, <laughs> it is woke Jimmy. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't even pay attention to that. I'm just like I've seen Adam Schefter. I'm like, are you serious? He already wants out. 
because I know he's he's coming up for a big contract, and if they yeah. give Tyreek Hill, they're not going to have the money to do it. Yeah. Was uh, Waddle a second round pick? Nope. No first. I was Waddle a first round pick? Waddle went first round pick. So they have the, his fifth year option. Yeah. They hold they his, his contract for five years, including yeah. team yep. option for the fifth year. Oh, uh, I'm just quick, thinking money coming up with everybody. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. look at that's so why Kansas City got franchise tagged. I think Gusecki's going to want some money, and then Waddle still got a little bit of time. He could hold out for a better contract because he's pretty good at what he does. He's like a uh, uh, Julian Edelman, you know, uh, well, one of those a much better Julian Edelman. Julian yeah, Edelman. obviously way better than Julian. Edelman. But what I'm saying is that like, you know, someone that'll rack up those receptions quick. Yeah. Exactly. I think Jalen Waddle's like a better uh, – man, let's see. What time do we got? We got three and a half minutes to go, so let's talk some NBA real quick. It looks like uh, – Sam, we talk, talked on this. We said that the Lakers <laughs> were in desperate need of winning, I think, four out of their last seven games or so, and that's not going to happen anymore. As no. We, no. When we talked about them – they had just lost to New Orleans, and they were getting ready to face, I believe they were getting ready to face uh, Dallas. And we looked at that, and we said, Dallas, Utah, New Orleans, Denver, Phoenix, Golden State, Oklahoma City, Denver. So that was eight games. I, 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 they needed to win, I think, five of those eight games. And they proceeded to lose to Dallas, Utah, New Orleans, and Denver. And now they got Phoenix, Golden State, Oklahoma City, and Denver up. So – yeah, I don't think. I mean, again, like like we said before, if they if the rest of these teams are cemented in their position and they rest their guys, uh, I mean, it would be it would really be terrible to watch the Lakers because at least the Spurs make it. Like the Spurs are sitting in ten, right? So at least the Spurs make it. Um, they try. They got a bunch of no namers, you know. Uh, one All Star, uh, Deontay Murray, right? Um, and they're still they're trying their hardest every every game, and on the other side you have a team loaded with stars yet they still can't get it together. And you know what? New Orleans has to be sitting here, fucking happy because if New, if Lakers don't make the playoffs and they finish with like a record right now, they're yeah they're, they got their pick right. They got their pick right now. The Lakers have the eighth worst record in the league. So there's a pretty good pick. Pretty good pick. New Orleans with the lottery could end up with the top five pick. With you know, yep. plus I think New Orleans gave away their own pick to Portland because for the C.J. McCollum trade. Right. Man, I you know I really hate it for New Orleans that Zion Williamson's not even giving them a chance because they got Brandon Ingram, they got McCollum now, they got some decent talent, and if this. This draft, if the Lakers pick conveys them to like a top five or six pick, that's another potential really good. Yeah, it, all of a sudden New Orleans, all of a sudden New Orleans starts looking a little bit like Memphis the way they start turning things around. Right, but if Zion, but honestly, if I'm New Orleans and I know Zion doesn't want to be there, I'll be like, all right, give me give me a first round pick this year and give me a first round pick next year. Yeah, and ship him at this point, right? You have enough yeah. picks to to recoup and build. There's no point in on on a guy that. Let's be honest. He can't stay healthy enough to play. He can't. Play. Yeah, who's going to give somebody two first round like, picks though? He's a. What's that, Josh? Who's going who's gonna to give somebody two first round picks for somebody that's only seen the court a handful of times? He reminds the me New of Greg Oden. Well, because James Dolan, James Dolan owns the New York Knicks, and the Knicks will do something like that for sure. It's the same, it's the same people true. that gave out all the first round picks to to get Anthony Davis. You know, like, there's people who believe Zion Williamson, when he puts his mind to it, can be a top 12 player in the NBA. I'm not sure if I'm one of those people, but there's a lot of people that are high on Zion Williamson. And I, I think there would be one team that says, like, yeah, yeah, let's fucking do it. I'll, I'll give you two of my first-round first, first round picks. Yeah. And, but you know what the thing is? I think if that does happen, it, I think his career is kind of on the decline from that point onwards. Probably. Because if he doesn't get his, his his shit together where he's at now and show everybody else that he could still play, then he's going to go to the next team with that same mentality, like I do whatever the hell I want, really. Right. Um, this all-world exactly. player and that plays 60, 50 games a year and, and wants the next big contract. Yeah. And he can't keep his weight down during the, the offseason. Jesus Christ, where's this guy eating, man? New Orleans is like the worst place to, to be at. He's probably eating yeah. 
seafood gumbo every day for breakfast. Yeah, and you've eaten Popeye's chicken all the time. <laughs> eating that gumbo, oh, baby. Shit, <laughs> all right, guys, that's all the time we got, man. That today's show flew by. Josh, thanks for joining us. I hope you keep joining us, man. As much yeah, man, keep joining the show. It's better with three. Yeah, well, I, you know, right. I, more, I think Tommy said he's going to join on a Monday. He can't, he couldn't join today, uh, and he's on vacation next week. But I think Tommy's going to start joining the shows on Mondays too. Uh, so the more we can get these people, we, we'll, fuck it, we'll be like the Dan Levitard show or Pat McAfee when there's like <laughs> nine guys that are all sitting there fucking bullshitting around. So uh, thanks for uh, popping in, Josh. I appreciate it. Uh, Harlem Heat's going to take us out, but thanks, everybody. Tune in on Friday for an all-new episode of All Bases Covered. Peace. Peace.